Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever wherever you're watching from. We're so glad that you're here today. We've got a great show. We're gonna be talking about demos. And you're probably saying like, demos? What, do I, what am I gonna do with a demo? Well, you, you'll know because you're gonna watch the show and then you'll know what a good demo is and how to make them and why you wanna use them. So we're gonna get to that in just a second. Just a reminder that we are only now streaming here on the Visual Lounge YouTube channel. So. If you're on, uh, you know, the TechSmith channel, you're probably not hearing this right now, but we want to get you over here to start watching here and subscribing here. So this is where the show is going to be. Or if you're on LinkedIn, we, you're welcome to watch there as well. So with that said, let's get into today's show because we got Troy Stein here. We don't want to waste his time. So Troy has held multiple roles across TechSmith since joining in 2002, including senior enterprise account executive, senior innovation strategist, product manager, business architect, solutions architect. Prior to TechSmith, Troy launched a software company and was a program manager at Cisco Systems. And let me just say, if you have used Camtasia ever in your life at all, you have probably been influenced somehow by the mind of Troy Stein because he has had such a pivotal role in the, over the history. He's not everything, hasn't done everything. He didn't, wasn't the software developers, but he has had an influence in so many ways. And it is my privilege and pleasure to welcome Troy Stein to the Visual Lounge. Oh, you're too sweet, man. Thank you, no, man. It's absolutely true. It's, it's, it's amazing the influence you've had. I remember I started at TechSmith and, you know, uh, in fact, I remember you called me on my job interview because you couldn't make the, the one I was going to be at. And you're like, ask me some questions and, and then find out that you're the guy who is doing a lot of the a lot of brain work along with a lot of other great people. But I've been really uh, fortunate to be like the uh, product manager for uh, the Camtasia one two, you know, anyways, about 10 years worth. And uh, and then they give me lots of fun projects to work on and good responsibilities. And it's, uh, it's crazy, but I never thought I'd be at a company for 20 years, nor would I like it um, even more at 20 years than I have at any other time before. So uh, we're doing cool stuff and um, hold on to your hats, folks. Good stuff. Yeah. Coming. Yeah. Hey, Troy, we're getting a comment. Just uh, if there's a way to bring up your volume just a little bit, I can also just be a little bit better. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I think I got I think I got you, too. So anyway, okay. um, so Troy, you, tell us a little bit. We'll start broad. We'll go down. But uh, what are what are the kind of things you're doing now at TechSmith? What, what are you involved in? So I've I've got three groups. Uh, I, I dabble just a little bit in some of the marketing stuff because of uh, a solid understanding of Camtasia's customer base. Uh, I've got an amazing group called the Customer Education Team. Uh, so if you have watched any of the outstanding tutorials, been part of the webinars, read our documentation, that's that team. Yes, they are as awesome as you think. Uh, the next group is the research group. They are my get out of jail free card. So we don't make too many uh, big decisions at TechSmith without inquiring from the customers and trying to deeply understand what they want, what they need, what they dream of, what they are afraid of, and uh, and what's really important to them. Uh, so the research team helps us to make better and better decisions product-wise and even strategy-wise. And then the customer success team is a group that works specifically with our larger customers. When they buy a whole bunch of Camtasia or a whole bunch of, of Snagit, uh, we help understand what it is that they're trying to actually make different about their company, what they need in terms of onboarding their users, the training, even the internal marketing that they need. And uh, we help make them as successful as we possibly can. So all in all, three amazing teams and with uh, some super talented individuals. And I can attest to all that being true. 
You used to be in charge of the customer education team. I, I, a long time ago, I did, yeah. You laid a firm foundation for that, my friend. Well done. Well, well, thank you, thank you, uh, Troy. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about demos today, and yeah. you know I have seen you. Uh, I, I, you know, one of the things that you know I, I I'm not trying to build your ego up here, but I'm gonna build your ego up a little bit. Is that I've seen you give amazing demos and tell like get people on board with big ideas and concepts. Um, so let's talk about wh wh what role do demos play in all of this world of uh, learning development? You know, it could be marketing, you talk about customer success. Why should we care about demos? Great call, great call. A um, couple of reasons. One is, especially for instructional designers, we make all this fantastic learning content. And then sometimes we wonder, I wish we had more people watching it. Why aren't more people watching it? Um, it's not unlike somebody who, uh, working for Paramount Pictures. Uh, why aren't more people going to my movie? Right. Mm -hmm. We know what they do. They make a trailer. Uh, and sometimes they'll make like three or six or seven different versions of the trailer uh, because there's something else that they want to show. They want to drive attention and interest. And that brings people to the big show. Uh, for us, a demo is for, is uh, a way of saying we're going to make a trailer, a teaser. We're, uh, we already, as these instructional designers, we make these tutorials and they get people really uh, informed. But before you can win their mind, you got to win their heart. And that's where the demos come in. Yeah, I love that. So obviously, uh, and I, I can imagine from a marketing standpoint or someone's doing other things, it's you're you're getting people. It's excitement, right? You want people to be excited about everything you're you're showing them. Uh, I know I'm a big fan of movie trailers. Uh, uh, you know, like I love the waiting for the next Marvel one. You know, come on, right. Thor movie trailer drop so we can watch it, right? Um, right? Like seriously, have you seen a movie in the last ten years that you didn't watch a trailer for first? I don't think so. No. I, I do know people that do that, but they're they're really hardcore. Yeah, but those are gamblers, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just gonna try it. Like most people don't. You know, most people we we watch it, and sometimes we even watch it a couple times. In fact, I've even watched a trailer after I went to the movie uh, because it was like that good. Or I watched the breakdown. Like, what 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 did I miss yeah. in the trailer? Right, and and sometimes, and this is key, right? You and I actually, uh, Matt and I went to a, a session years ago um, that was taught by a guy who made videos and edited videos for Saturday Night Live. And one of the things that he taught us was when you're making a trailer, it doesn't have to be a perfect replica of what your actual movie is. In fact, sometimes they'll like move things around and switch it around. And uh, because you're trying to like create a little bit of cognitive dissonance, like, wait a second, what, how, why? And because you're trying to pull people in, you're not trying to tell them everything. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the teasers and the trailers aren't necessarily uh, meant to be wholly instructive. They're supposed to grab your attention and make you want to learn more. So, so with that trade, let me ask you this, and especially in the world of like when people are, uh, they're teaching either software or selling software, or doing whatever it's, you know, I think a digital format, you know, how important is it that it's accurate? You know, I think one of the things I think we could probably talk about and we, we should talk about is length of how long should a demo be comparatively to like yeah. whatever we're trying to show, but like the value of having it be like kind of click 
action accurate? Is that is that important or like what what should we be showing? Never lie. My mom said that and she was right. Uh, so you will out of necessity cut things out of a tutorial. I am of the opinion you can take a tutorial and make a demo out of it. I, if we have time, I'll, I'll show you one, one approach of, of how to do that. But when you're telling part of a story, out of necessity, you're cutting things out. And it's okay to do that. It's essential to do that. Samuel Clemens had this great line. He said, I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a long one. And the long version of, of things is the tutorial. The short version is the demo, right? And you, so you're going to cut things out, and it's okay to remove things. It's also okay if you don't show everything, but in my opinion, you got to show at least the critical thing, right? Like, for me... You know, if, if you're going in uh, and, and you're showing, a f you're going to make a feature demo, you're going to show that feature. You're going to click on the feature. You're going to show what happened before and what happened after. And it can be really that simple. Now, you don't want to make your product look like it can do something that it cannot. That would be the lying part, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you got to be true to what it can do. Um, but you also don't have to keep it so simple like, you don't have to be afraid in the demo to show something that is complicated. And by that, I mean, like, if I, if I made a demo that a beginner user of Camtasia would make, I would show a recording, I would show a, a couple of edits, and I would then have it produce the file. And it would be okay, but it would be fairly average, right? Mm -hmm. But if I want to do a demo and I want to actually grab people's attention, I'm going to spend some time on it, right? And I'm going to make it look awesome. And can the average person do it? No, they can't, right? That's okay. I want to actually grab people's hearts and minds. And, and then that's what the tutorial is for. Okay, folks, this is how you do it. This is actually how you, you make what I just showed you in, in the demo. So what I'm hearing, it sounds like, uh, you know, the difference between demo and maybe training piece or whatever else, obviously, is it's not supposed to be instructive. It could be. It, it obviously could. But it's it's doing much more to, to garner uh, kind of attention and draw people in to say, like, that looked cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask just to, like, I hate when people ask me this question. So I, I kind of hesitant to ask the question about, cause I always get asked about video length. How long should my video be? And it, yeah. there's so many answers, but like, give us some parameters here because I think that's one we can just knock off pretty easily and say like that, this is a parameter. A good demo should be no longer than, uh, it depends. Depends. <laughs> but let yep. me, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, if you're shooting for something, shoot for 30 seconds or less. Now, there are lots of kinds of demos, and I'm going to propose that especially instructional designers who are already really good, like if, if you guys have a super strength, it is that you're really good at taking a lot of complex information and boiling it down, right? You could have somebody who might be in there for 10 minutes, and you're like, I got this. I can do this tutorial in two minutes. Well, two minutes is not a demo. Right. So keep keep going, keep squeezing, sh tighten that thing down and get it down to to 30 seconds. Now, I'm of the opinion that if you're going to start with a demo, you take uh, you you take a tutorial and you make a feature demo. 
right? Like this feature does one thing, 30 seconds. Here's the problem. Here's the feature. Here's the solution. Done, right? Um, if you do that well, then you could take, let's say, three of those, and all of a sudden you've got a what's new video for mm. your release. If you got a bunch of them, maybe six or eight, and pretty soon you've got like a product overview video, right? And then you're choosing between a bunch of them, and, and maybe you've got a video for your whole portfolio, right? But you, you put, kind of boil it down to that atomic level, and in my mind, the idea of a feature demo is we have a feature, it solves a problem, we're going to show you what that problem is and what the solution looks like, and we can do that relatively short. Well, I love that because I, I was thinking uh, as you were explaining the time, you know, we, we talked about movie trailers as kind of being that kind of like oh, the similar thing, right? Get you excited, get you pumped, get you uh, oriented even. Um, but, you know, how long is a movie? Two hours, right? And so right. they give you how, how, 60 seconds to maybe a minute and a half, right? So the proportions... Like, like if you it. have you have a big thing, you can you can afford to give it a little bit longer trailer, or if it's you know like if it's going to be a three day event, right? Probably take have a you can have a bigger trailer. So, yeah. but uh, yeah. but I love so I love that thinking there that yeah. thirty can but thirty seconds good guide small, right like if if you're going to write an epic novel, you might want to write a short story first. Right. You in your mind you might think, oh, I found this perfect piece of mu music, and I'm going to make the best possible uh, what's new video and it's going to be amazing it's going to be two minutes and 30 seconds and nothing but pumped up music right and it's going to be fantastic start small please start really small start with a feature and and nail that sucker down yeah for sure okay troy what i want to do i want to step back for a second and, and ask you because i think it's we, we're going to talk more structural demo stuff here but before we do that one I, I wanted to ask you can you think of a demo, like something that's a software demo or something more in the lines of what we're talking about, not movie trailers, that had an impact that made you think, now that is a good demo, like, and has been instructive in a way for you? Yes, 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 yes. Um, so uh, if anybody wants to Google uh, this phrase, and I, I may lose people, so see ya. It's been nice <laughs> having you. Uh, I know what multitasking is like, and you may never come back. Um, but uh, Adobe Photoshop Buffalo Double Exposure. And uh, it's freaking amazing. Uh, they show you how, to, how you can do something simple in Photoshop. Well, actually, that's not true. It's relatively complex. And what is super cool is in this video, they, they are showing only parts of the UI, not the whole UI, just parts of it, right? And then they're showing the canvas, right? But they're showing the tools being used. And to me, it, it magnifies a couple of things. And, and if, if I can take this small detour, yeah. part of the reason why I'm as passionate about demos is because I spoke um, at the beginning of last year with 22 different tech marketers. Half of them were our customers, half of them were not customers. And I began to ask them about demos, who needs them, when do you need them, why, etc. And a couple things came out. Uh, one was that there was never enough demos. That was not a surprise. Um, two was nobody owns it. Right? Uh, marketing mm -hmm. thinks instructional designers supposed to do it. Instructional designers think marketing is supposed to do it, or they think sales is supposed to do it. And nobody in the ball is just getting dropped universally across the board. Uh, the other thing that was amazing to me is that marketers have this fear factor. They know that the that customers think words are cheap. 
and that they can say our software is easy but they can't show it they need somebody they need help showing it right and so what they do and our our company does this too is you you put a link to the video or excuse me you have a new feature you put a link to the tutorial mm -hmm. why because an instructional designer is like an educator an educator the trust level in educators like up here only behind firemen like firemen like in the trust levels of of people in the world firemen is way up here and marketers they're kind of down here i hate to say this marketers but you already know this right that they're down here along with politicians right so what they do they they know that and they want people to trust them because they're good people and so they want to say things that are true and then they want to show things that are true mm -hmm. now the other piece that was interesting in these conversations is that they they know um that they are saying yeah our, our product is powerful and our product is easy to use it's true right we say the same thing about snagit and camtasia which they are and yet sometimes there's a lot of buttons on the screen uh, that even like powerful tools have lots of of options and so they want to be able to show parts of the screen so one thing that we learned when we're talking about demos is that focus is a big deal right that you want to be able to sure there's 10 options on the screen you're going to tighten people's focus you're going to zoom in um mm -hmm. onto that one thing that's important or you might find as adobe did in their buffalo double exposure video um, a way to be able to isolate and mask out parts of the ui to make that happen that was a long answer i'm not sure that was very good no, that was great. It was great. Well, because I think what you're getting to is that that context in in demos is really important. But you but you can you you also want to get rid of the extra stuff. Like because they're like we'll take we'll take something like Camtasia. We know how many features are in Camtasia. Best estimate, right? A hundred, hundred fifty things you could yeah. do. Uh, yeah. And and if you're focusing on one, you need to set context. But you don't want me to get lost. It's the same thing like in screen sharing, like if I'm sharing my screen with anybody or I'm recording my screen and all of a sudden I see anyone's apps, their, their Mac toolbar, the, it pops up, right? And I'm seeing like, right. well, well, I stopped paying attention to what I'm playing. I'm supposed to pay attention to. I'm like, well, what tools are they using? How did they record this? And I'm exactly. looking for things. Right, it's like we could, let's say I run a web application and um, if you looked at my browser right now, there's at least 15 uh, tabs and a toolbar with my um, with my shortcuts um, mm -hmm. underneath that. And just because that is real and true and the way I live, oh, by the way, on the bottom, I've got like seven downloads um, on the bottom of my browser. <laughs> I shouldn't show all those. I don't need to, right? Um, so A, either clean up before you do your recording and do your demo, or thank you, Camtasia, there is a way of cropping stuff or zooming or masking, right? You can do all of those things to be able to draw attention to just parts of the screen. And Troy, just so you know, uh, one of our, our, our regulars, Garth, said, it was an answer, not a demo. Long is fine. So <laughs> we, we, we can go on for, we got time. We, we're, we're good on long answers here. Okay. Uh, cool. Until we get to speed round, Troy, and then, then all bets are off. It's gotta be cool. snappy. Time snappy. for speed round then. <laughs> okay, so, so let's, let's talk about the realities of this. So, I mean, we've talked about kind of the, you know, the timing, there's kind of talks about some bits and pieces that go into demos. Right. But if, if you, you know, you're tasked with this process of, uh, you, or you wanna make a demo. Cool. 
Help me get started here because I, I, I imagine like I know I know video pretty well. I you know, my first mm-hmm. inclinations, you know, analysis do like an audience stuff, but like where would you start if you want to make a killer demo, you want to get internal or external people excited, where does yeah. Troy Stein start? Well, I can tell you that if you start, people are gonna love that you're starting because everybody knows that the job needs to get done and nobody's doing it. So anything that you're gonna uh, do for them is gonna be gravy. Uh, what I would start with is, is definitely a feature demo, a teaser, if you will, right? I'm going to show one feature and I'm going to uh, show that it solves a problem. Choose a feature and then ask yourself two questions, well, maybe three. Uh, the first question is, uh, who am I making this for? And make sure that you understand that pretty clearly. Um, usually it's a prospect, but then, okay, what's their job? What, what do they care about, right? And so who, second is when, like when does somebody need this feature? Under what circumstance? Because you're gonna have to demo the thing anyways, right? You're gonna have to you know, do a setup. Like there's a problem in the world, we solve that problem. So usually the when is, uh, let's just say um, that uh, you have uh, a problem uh, we're going to demo Microsoft Excel and uh, demo uh, that sometimes the spreadsheet is so long, right? And you, that's pretty easy to demo, mm-hmm. a big, long spreadsheet. And then the feature, you know, so what the feature is, is it's a, it's a filtering tool. So it makes the spreadsheet shorter and more easy, easy to go through. So who are you making it for? When is that feature being used? and the problem that it solves, right? As long as you know that, you're pretty good to go. Uh, So what I would do, and what I generally recommend is a fairly simple process. You got an intro, you got an outro. Intro, you're gonna give the product name and state the problem. So if it's Excel, spreadsheet's too long, something like that, right? Outro, you're gonna state the, the product name and the feature that solves the problem that you just talked about, okay? So you took care of those two things. And then it's as simple as showing the problem, doing a real tight zoom into the feature. And it's okay to be almost extreme in that zoom, but like, this is important. This is the feature that does the magic. And then the solution. Like, once we click this button, this is the stuff that happens afterwards. And so you can break it down, right? video that shows the problem, zoom into the feature, the big click, as I call it. And then uh, what happens after that? Well, I love that idea. Big click. I can show an example. I know it won't be great for the good folks that are picking this up as a podcast, but if you, if you want, I can. Before we do that, I have a question. I I definitely want to show that. So we'll, we'll set that up in just a second. Um, I'm curious, you you, intro outros, right? Like Mm -hmm. one one of the things I, I noticed, um, that oftentimes people don't like using the same thing. They want to be creative. They want to do stuff. Should you, like, if I'm doing for a product, should I always do the same one? And for my company, like intro, outro, should those be consistent? Yes. At least for a year, right? Or longer. <laughs> like if uh, I, there are people that I follow on on uh, YouTube, one of them's gentleman is Peter McKinnon, and he's got an mm-hmm. intro sequence that he runs at least for a year. Every maybe two years, he'll he'll refresh it. And that's fine, right? Um, and that's for a YouTuber, right? For most corporations, our branding shouldn't change that much. And even if it does, it's it's okay if, because at the heart of the content is the message itself. 
um, and and you're going to be just fine. If you if you keep to the company colors, by the way, most marketing groups don't actually have video guidelines. They have branding guidelines like here are our colors, here's our font. Don't put our logo too much closer to any text. I get that, and that's important. But nobody has um, very few have video branding guidelines. So if you take the the their normal branding guidelines and just introduce that as part of your video process, uh, you're probably going to be just fine 99% of the time. Yeah. Got a preview there. I started to play oh, the video. Right. Hit the wrong button. Good, good looking demo. I, hey, you know, let's, let's watch it, Troy. So set us up for those who are listening on the podcast. What okay, are we going to so see? What you're going to see is a short demo. I think it's 16 seconds. Mm-hmm. I was going for short. I was thinking like, hmm, could, could this be something that might actually work on social media? And it's a, it's a single feature. It happens to be in Camtasia on the Mac only at this point. Um, but basically it's solving a problem like, I, I made a recording and I had a stupid pop-up come up. Yeah, it's a common problem. And I, I love this feature. So oh, if, anything else we should know or are we good to watch it? I'll hit the right button this time, I Maybe promise. Camtasia, I'll show you the template and stuff later, but yeah, it's, uh, it's simple enough. All right, here we go. Let's watch it. I think they could hear the sound, Troy. Just Oh, perfect. All right. Also so... Okay. But yeah, yeah. So very simple, right? Like there's, I saw your intro, I saw your outro doing, telling the problem feature and yeah. it, you did the thing. Right. So set up, uh, you show the problem. Um, in this case, a pop-up came up in the recording and then, and it's possible somebody might be like, that was kind of fast. And, uh, uh yes. <laughs> it was. It may have been too fast. Um, it's possible I could have gone for 20 seconds, but I also found a piece of music I like. I kind of like that piece. So uh, you find a good piece of music that, that matches your tone. But um, if, you, if you have to err on going a little too fast versus a little too pedantic or a little bit too slow, go a little bit too fast um, because it is, after all, a teaser and uh, you're not actually giving instructions there. Yeah, well, and I, and I love that that's the difference, right? It's like, a, it's a different mental model to wrap our heads around that. Because, uh, I, and I come from the instructional design world. Like that's, you know, what I've been doing for decades now. And it, it, right. it, is, it is a very different thing. So one of the things I want to ask about this, Troy, because uh, I can see, uh, I'm getting some echo. So I think, hang on, let me, I opened Camtasia and everything changed. Okay. I was going to get ready to show off the templates. Me? Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I think it's gone now. Anyway, uh, one of the questions I want to ask you is because I come from the background and you were very generous to say instructional designers are very good about distilling information. But I think, and this is, you know, broad generalization. So I, I want to be careful here. I think we also, as a, a, a profession, we are very interested in being so helpful that we want to give you so much, right? Like I want to make sure you, I don't lose you along the way because right. it's, uh, you know, heavens 
sake, I, I, if I lost you, I would feel bad about everything in the world, right? Like, so, so how do you get to the point where you're merciless at cutting? Because I think to get the 16 seconds, right? I like love, you have to cut it. I love your word, merciless. It is so true, right? So many of us are previous uh, teachers. And the idea of, ha of losing a child in the education process, we get scared by that, right? Like there's something wrong with us if, if we leave one of our children behind. In the world of, of writing, they have this idea that when you write characters into like a, a fiction, that they become like your children, like you, you learn to love them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that character, that sheriff that you wrote in the back county of, of Mississippi, they're not going to make the cut. Right. The editor's like, no, they're just they're confusing. They're, they're missing things up. You have to, quote, kill your children. What a horrible phrase, but it is merciless, right? Mm -hmm. It is, as you say, merciless. You have to be able to say, it almost hurts me to cut this out, right? If I'm going to do a product overview video that demonstrates the awesomeness of my product, how could I possibly cut out these seven things when there's 15 amazing things about the product? If you can't cut it, nothing is going to shine. You have to cut and it has to be merciless. It is. Yeah, and I, no. I, I imagine it also, uh, you know, with a demo, it really helps going back to what you said kind of up front. If you know your audience and you know the problem, it's like focus on that. Like it allows you to really narrow deep, whereas maybe an instructional video, there's things like, is this, do they understand how to log in? Do I need to teach them how to log in? I don't know. Right. And, and the problem that we so often um, struggle with is especially when it's for a prospect, like, well, anyone could use my software. And so I'll just keep it really generic. And they're like, no, you shouldn't. You really shouldn't, right? Like in Camtasia, there's a blur tool. And you could think, well, a blur tool would be perfect for somebody who has to, uh, let's say, show a web application and you need to blur out passwords, okay? If you're a designer, that blur tool is perfect. If you want to put like a layer of haze over the screen so that your text shines out in front of you really nicely, right? But those are two different uses, right? You have to know who your audience is and when it's useful. And you can't tell them both. Not in a demo. You, you choose your audience and you tell one, one story with that demo. And if it means that you have to make two different demos, that's okay. Right? I can make a demo for instructional designers. I can make a, a, a demo for security people who need to remove out um, uh, passwords and stuff like that with the blur. So Troy, one of the things you mentioned earlier, and I want to go back to is you talked about like this idea of like, you could build like three demos and you could have like kind of a, uh, kind of what's new video, right? Like yeah. you could, you could concatenate like your mo molecules, right? You're like, you're combining them together over time. So if, if, if you were charged with making a company comes to you and says, Troy, we, we really like what you're doing. We want you to make some demos for us. And oh, by the way, we're also going to maybe do these other things. Would you start with the demos or would you start kind of the bigger picture, bigger thing, and then boil it down? What, what, which order should we be thinking about this? Cause I, I imagine there's challenges both way, right? The, if I start with a bigger, like what's new demo or right. what's new kind of video, I have to, the mercilessness comes back and I have to really, it's really harder. But if, yeah. but if I'm taking small separate pieces, ah, now I got to fit them together. So it feels like they flow. 
it, to me, it's uh, that is a little bit of a philosophical question, right? Like, do you start um, in? We ask the hard questions here up? about life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deep thoughts with Troy Stein and Matt Pierce. Um, this may be shallow, but in my mind, you start small um, because a you're not going to get it right. Um, and even if you think you're going to create this amazing, beautiful demo of that is a product overview, you're still going to have to have these building block pieces of it. And so start small, get good at it, learn how to make one feature shine and two features shine and, and then combine them together. And then over time, you'll have all the both. You'll have the skill, right? You'll have the skill of storytelling because you've been working on telling very, very short stories. Then you'll also have video editing skill. And then you can begin combining them together. And also the story will develop. It will de the broader story will develop over time. You'll understand that bigger story. It doesn't mean that you can't be writing the big story as you go. Don't get me wrong. But I'm a big fan of momentum. And if you can start building a little bit of momentum and you get that flywheel going, you got big mo working for you. Right. And and that gives you the power that you need to get over that finish line on those big projects, because just starting with that big project is like eating an elephant. It's just not going to happen or not not going to happen. Well, even yeah. if you outsource it, which a lot of people do, they'll outsource it. And I've talked to a bunch of these marketers and like, yeah, that took like three to six months. And uh, yeah, don't do that. Make a make a demo in a day and or two if that's how long it takes and then move on to the next one and keep keep working at it and refine that craft and what happens is an instructional designer you become known for more than just instructional design and you've got now this transferable skill that mark is like yeah i want him on my team mm -hmm. right and that's a good thing when multiple people want you especially in this economy where there's lots of changes in the job market yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I used to joke, I'd go to these education conferences at instructional designers, trainers. And, you know, I used to start off uh, because I, I am now in a marketing department, have been for quite a while. And I'd always say, I moved to the dark side, you know, joke about going to marketing and, and they'd all laugh, right? Especially, especially technical writers. They would, they would just, they would just crack up at it because it was like, yeah, they, we, they have these conflicts, but but you're absolutely right. I find that my instructional design skills are like a little bit of a superpower. Like I've learned yeah. how to do these things and it's really valuable. So I want to ask you this, Troy, about, um, you know, we've been talking, as we talk about demos, I think when you, I hear the word demo, I think about demo and, and you kind of mentioned this up at the very top of the show that like, you know, I think external, I think about a product release, software release, but let's, let's focus in on the kind of key right. for internal because I think demos are probably an underutilized opportunity inside organizations to, to communicate. Is that, is that fair? Everyone that was here um, to our twice a month Camtasia demo meetings, you would be blown away. Not only at like the creativity that the team does, um, well also <laughs> every uh, eight to 10 weeks, we allow them to just work on whatever they want to, but that whether they're working on stuff that's going into the product or stuff that they hope gets into the product because they're just experimenting, they all do demos. And they got two minutes to make a demo. And we give them a template, <laughs> the intro and outro, and they are super creative, they're super fun. But uh, those demos become like currency within the, within the company. And sometimes those demos bubble up to the executive committee and like, have you seen the demo that Tom Sergate has made? Oh my gosh, right? Um, and, and or, or like a 
that demo that should be on our website demo that was that good that was amazing um and you know like we've got guys that make stuff that are just mind-bogglingly good uh and and so the the skill set of making it a demo what's nice is when you're doing them internally not only yes of course do does the energy around your product or your project continue to grow the communication grows but also the skill set grows and and somebody who maybe is a project manager or maybe uh, a ux and uh, interaction designer or an engineer they begin to be like really good making demos and it's a fantastic skill set to have in your company to have that bevy of of uh, skills around well, I just think about the amount of information that gets conveyed and, oh, and God, oftentimes yeah. those, those become like uh, bedrock for like, oh, for marketing or for training even, right? Like, oh, well, I'm going to refer back to that source piece, that demo, because now right. I understand, I can see what it is and, you know, versus, you know, someone t telling me like, well, we're going to do this crazy thing. It's going to do X, Y, and Z jumping around, do, do. And I'm like, sure. And then you see it and you're like, and we oh my do gosh. live demos, right? Like, for example, the product team prior to release will sit down with the marketing team and say, okay, we're going to walk you through Camtasia 2022. Yes, by the way, folks, it is coming. Um, it'll be out this summer. Um, but the, but that walkthrough is a little bit of a, it's a walk, right? It's sort mm -hmm. of pedestrian uh, walk through the product. And sure, it looks good. But when you take the time to make it short, you actually put a little bit more effort into the sing in the song and dance part, right? And it really, it, it, um, the effort uh, to make it concise, that constraint actually forces you uh, to elevate things and, and to make them shine a bit more. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, Troy, you had you have built some packages. Uh, do we want to you want to talk about those? Do we want me you want me to pull them up and yeah, share me, it? Yeah, let me share my screen. Is that all right? Yeah, let's. Uh, or do you want to share yours? What's better? Let me, probably let me share mine just because I know I've, what it's going to look like. <laughs> okay. Give me a yeah. second to pull up Camtasia and <laughs> reduce the number of changes. I like it. We didn't practice this, so so set set this up. What are we going to see once I get this open? Uh, so, why don't you open up the uh, the let's f open up that video one more time, the one that you shared. Uh, yep. Just so that we can sort of get the context. Okay. Yep, and then you and do you want to be able to talk it like over it? Three, five, six, or three, six, nine, twelve—you know, something like that. Just a few seconds at a time, so that okay. we can sort of nail the the key components. There are five components: intro, outro. Cool, those are simple. Then the the th the well, actually, to be honest, it's really just two others in the middle. There's the problem, um, and and then the feature and solution. I I kind of couple those two together, but problem, feature, solution. Let's just. Uh, Okay, let's see what we got here. Okay, cool. There's your intro, right? Product name and the problem. There's a problem, which is that there's alerts on the screen and you need to remove them. I, I'm not saying I nailed it with it, but it's simple enough, okay? So well, and I love that it's grabbing. There. It's grabbing you, right? That mo that motion, it's not just a static thing either. I, so I think that's motion important. Motion is kind of magic. Yeah, it is, I agree. Um, okay, so next next scene is where we set up the problem, where somebody's doing a recording and on comes the uh, the alert. Cool. Strong cut to the next side. Go ahead, um, and it's then dragging that on. Now, I think honestly, I probably would have done a better job. I I should have zoomed in harder. 
I really should have on that freeze region on that one. I should have done uh, so version two of this video will have a, a harder cut or like a, a real zoom in to uh, into that feature. But you're seeing the feature in action, right? And then go ahead and play it. And you're seeing what essentially is the solution to the problem. And then the solution has a name. It's called freeze region. That's it. Okay. So awesome. if you go in, so if you go into the template uh, that I made, I think One. I made a template and a package. For those of you who don't know, and I saw somebody in the comments um, say, what has Troy actually done? <laughs> like, what feature has he worked on? Um, and uh, one of the things that I uh, was a big proponent of is the, um, the templating and the packaging and being able to um, make it so that what one person makes, the rest of the group can make. So running through and sharing that, thank you, sir. Um, Matt, why don't you zoom in on the timeline a little bit or make it uh, a little bit bigger? There we go. And uh, perfect. And then can you, do you know how to increase the size of the tracks? You bet. Oh, you are so good. And I actually, okay. I, I, I get, yeah. we got, well, we'll keep going, keep going. Cause I've got other things no, I can say, but no. <laughs> oh, no, this is where I've got my hotkeys. You know, I just, I, you get your hotkeys set up and, I, but that's a whole nother story. I got to remember where they are. All right. <laughs> so, okay. Right, so the first part, if you click on that first part there, right. Uh, so click in there and now over on the right hand side. Um, oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to have you click into the group cause you shouldn't okay. have to. Um, what Matt's doing is he's, he went inside the group, but I just want you to single click on that. Yep. Single click on that group there. And then on the right side are the properties. If you move your mouse cursor, like maybe to two, three minutes or three seconds into on, on the playhead. Yeah. Move that over a little bit and then they can see, keep going. And there, there you go. So now you can see, um, where some text comes in, but if you've got, yeah, you using the properties in the right hand, we set it up so that uh, you can put in your text in there, your product name, your problem statement, and you can put your logo in there and change your colors. Matt, I think if you have a theme installed on your product, do you have like an Audiate theme or anything like that on there? Ooh, look at that. Uh, okay. Okay, so you can see how it, it sort of adjusts as you go. And then uh, basically what I have on there, yeah, sure, go ahead and play with it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, if, if you don't use theming, they're pretty great. Uh, it makes life a lot easier for you to adjust um, pretty much anything. There you go. Oh, look at that. That's pretty, that's pretty slick. So, but that's all, all in the spirit of saving you time, right? So you're doing multiple right, right. of these. But, right. so I, but I love it, right? Because that's one of the challenges when you get in a video. What do I do? What do I put in the beginning spot? Yeah. And then, and then so what do I put? We have placeholders. I call this a placeholder for the problem. And then the next placeholder is a placeholder for the feature and the solution. Because, and then at the, uh, the keep going, and then there's a, an outro that also you can uh, put the name of the feature. And then to the right, just so you can play with it, there are two clips. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, so those two clips, basically, just if you wanted to recreate what I made, that's the problem clip. And you drag it on to, yeah, the placeholders are a little bit finicky. You sometimes have to like come at them from above. You got to sneak up on them. Um, and then the, the other clip is, there you go, ripple replace. And then the, and then the second clip is, uh, I think, the feature and the, 
the solution that you could also do the same thing on. So um, you have stuff there, but my hope is that you would take your own. Re Whoa, everybody, just just so you know, we crashed, but we did continue the rest of the show. There's a few more great pieces of information that Troy provides. We get into the speed round. And of course, we'd love to have you continue on with the rest of the show. So let's get back into it. Are we live? I don't know. Things happened. We broke stuff. <laughs> We do that. So we we do demos for Camtasia, like I said, and Snagit too, right? Every couple of weeks. But whenever somebody crashes, we clap for each other, like because you oh. know that it happens, right? And and your blood level goes oh, I'm so frustrated, right? But it it just it happens to everybody. It absolutely does. Okay. So oh well, I we're we are live someplace. I don't exactly know where. Uh, All right, but. Gosh darn it, uh, we just lost our stream, but we're gonna finish up, I'll edit this together, so um, I wanna finish up the show strong like we would. Uh, so yeah. Troy, we're, so, we're, we're so gonna we're drop gonna those links, thing. right? Yeah, you'll have both of those links, but I, I do actually want to hit just one principle for folks uh, before, before we end, which is, it's called the Hitchcock Principle. He was a, uh, a, a director from uh, the 40s, 50s, 60s, um, and his principle was that what is on the screen should reflect the amount that that object or person takes up on the screen should reflect the importance of that person to the character or to the story. So if this pencil isn't really important, it's okay that it's back here. But if this pencil becomes like a really important part of the video, it's going to come and it's going to take up a whole, you know, a big part of the screen. So when, when you get to that part in your demo, where your feature is, it's time to shine. Zoom in, just zoom in. I love it. That's, that is great advice. Uh, the Hitchcock principle, zoom in. Um, so Troy, to, to kind of wrap things up, we'll, we'll drop the links to the, the templates that you are, you provided that so people can play with that on their own. We'll put that in the show notes and everything. Um, so anything else kind of wrap up that we should know before we go to our speed round questions? Mm -mm. I'm looking at my notes. Nope. nope. I think we've covered it. Perfect. Cool. Well, are you ready for this, Troy? Yeah. This is one of my favorite parts of the show. Let's do the speed round. Okay, Troy, speed round questions means we are going to ask you questions that are, are maybe on topic, maybe a little off topic, meant to be fast, fun, and easy. So here we go. You've been doing a lot of things at TechSmith in your career. So what is the one thing you're most proud of having done or having been part of? Uh, what we are part of right now, uh, we are working on a concept called projects, which is project-based learning. And you guys will see the first seeds of that this year and a whole lot more uh, next year. But it is, uh, I think it will be phenomenal for our existing users to learn how to use our products for different, um, different uses. Love it. I'm excited for it myself. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Next question. What's a tip or best practice you suggest to anyone making video and doesn't have to be about demos? Something maybe you haven't shared with us. Uh, keep it simple. Uh, the uh, record at 1080p, edit at 1080p, produce at 1080p. You'll get uh, the best quality output uh, possible that way. Love it. Love it. Next question. Where do you turn for inspiration? You're, you're a creative guy. You do lots of stuff. I've seen your photography. I know you've made some videos. You do lots of awesome stuff at TechSmith. Where, where are you going for inspiration on the regular? 
fill in that creative bucket, I, if you will. I, I don't. I I find inspiration in random places. Like um, one of the things that uh, I've done during the pandemic is uh, learn woodworking, and uh, and so I take classes, and then I learn how they teach me woodworking. But I also learn how I forget things in woodworking, and and so I take some of those principles from from various and sundry places, wherever they may be, um, and then of course going to YouTube to watch other people do things and. Um, I tend to learn uh, around me. I wish I had one one specific place, uh, but there's there's lots of people. Uh, I think Adobe it does fantastic work. Apple does great work when it when it comes to demo. That's for sure. Um, when it comes to uh, YouTube space, Peter McKinnon is uh, pretty fantastic. He's a Canadian, um, really amazing uh, storyteller and uh, visual artist. Awesome. All right, Troy, our last speed round question, one that consistently we're told is our hardest question to answer. So get ready. What's okay. one question you'd like to ask me? I get to ask, I got to ask you all these questions and now you get to turn Where the tables. Where are you going in, in May? In, in May, well, I'm, first and foremost, I'm going to Grand Junction, Colorado, and I'm gonna ride a bicycle to Moab, Utah, which just, it's, I can't believe I'm doing it. It seems insane, but it's gonna be wonderful uh, going with a good friend, uh, several good friends, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be pretty awesome. Are you ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, am, I am, you know, here's the thing about, the, here, here's the, and here's the, this is why. There is a huge elevation gain when you go from Grand Junction to Moab. And up and down throughout their whole route, it's like 4,000 feet in elevation that you have to climb. Not all at once, but there's a lot of that up and, and it's up and down. Yeah. I, we live in Michigan and where I live is particularly <laughs> flat. Lowlander. There's like no great hills. In fact, I was talking to my good friend and he's like helping me get prepared and tell me like what I should be doing for training. He's like, he's like probably the most elevation you're gonna find is going over an overpass. You should probably go ride, just keep going right up and down the overpass. And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I know if I go north, like if I get out of my kind of the space, but it's really hard during the week to, to go and drive up, you know, to Traverse City or something like that. So yeah, I'm not quite ready. Uh, I've got a month. So you're going to be awesome. If I don't come back, you guys know what happened. <laughs> we'll, well, we'll find someone else to host the show. This, is, this has been fantastic. I appreciate everybody's time and attention. I hope it was worth their few minutes. Absolutely, Troy. Uh, we're so grateful for your, uh, all the suggestions you provided, the great ideas, and we, we love working with you. So thanks for, thanks for being here on the Visual Lounge. Anytime. All right, everybody. Thank you so much to Troy Stein for being here. We're sorry about the technical glitch. We'll make sure we do the magic of editing and bring this all together at the end. However, you know, if you like the show, make sure you like, subscribe, and click the bell so you get notifications so when you, we do go live or we put up new content, you can get notified because that's something we want you to do. And, you know, tell us in the comments. Let us know. Did you like this episode? Do you like the topic? Is there a topic that you'd like to see? Because that helps us continue making awesome content that is going to allow you to continue to grow in your abilities and skills as well. So with that said, make sure you're taking a little bit of time every single day, a little bit every time every week to get a little bit better, to level up and improve your skills, whether you're making images or videos, we'd love to see what you're doing as well. So thanks everybody and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>